my Osirians, it is Osiris, and we're coming here a day late, and sorry about that, we had technical difficulties, but we're good to go, I wanted to let you know that we're going to be talking about um, the mind versus the brain, how they are not the same, okay? Uh, this is part of a two-part series leading into um, pretty much the entire series on the brain, which is very important because when the entire thing is about, entire cult is about thinking differently and what you use to think. Now, this will actually, um, is a second part kind of to one we already did, as you know. Now, this will also lead into another, I, it might be next week that we actually do it, um, and it will be about consciousness specifically and go way a lot more in depth into the consciousness uh what the paradigm for now is in the scientific community compared to what Osirianism is, has been saying for a long time. And so we're going to get right to it here. This is actually something uh, that I took into play. I like to keep you guys, like I like to, keep you guys updated on different news and sciences uh, that's, you know, been in the news, um, what they're, what the scientific community is doing, if we, I think it's correct, or what, uh, right now it's all about Google time crystals, and, um, and the consciousness is pretty big up there right now, so this is good that we're talking about it. Um, so what I did was I went out and found some articles by some of the most profound neurosurgeons uh, that are out there. And I am going to go over a few of the studies that they did, the experiments that they did, and um, get to like explain what that it is that they did compared to what Osirianism um, has been saying for a long time how they're actually catching up. Science is so far behind because they don't think differently. Um, while they're right a lot, of, there's a lot of right things that they have, but they're very far behind because they're held to a certain way of thinking. They don't think differently sometimes or different enough. Uh, this is an example of where science is coming to the conclusion and it happens to be correct, uh, it's just taking a little bit of time. So we're going to be uh, uh, talking about the mind, the brain, how they're different, what makes them different, why they're not the same, that whole like paradigm. And then, um, like I said, go through this, ar these, this article, and, uh, and then you'll see it all wrap into what we've been saying since the beginning. Uh, that you've been coming to class uh, about the mind and how are the monads and 
the body being, uh, you know, something that traverses the hollows. And uh, I use some good examples of, because I know, you know, the generation of video gamers, I think, as I was when I was young, so is, so are a lot of these kids. So uh, the analogy will use video games as an analogy throughout uh, because it works perfectly, actually. So let's go ahead and get started. And um, we're going to start with a little bit of, uh, well, introducing. I'm not going to use his last name, but uh, we're just going to use his first name, which is Michael. And he's a neurosurgeon, very well-renowned. And this is his study and experiments over thousands and thousands of patients, hundreds of man hours and uh, many years of, ex of the, these experiments. And um, I kind of take it, take a little bits and pieces out and, uh, you know, kind of comparative analysis. Type. So, um, the, well, like I said, I'll call him Michael. And he, uh, in this article, he talks about like how a lot of his, co-workers or other neurosurgeons famous ones big ones um, how the many of them have become dualists okay um, science has a one way th that they think and uh, this is a big statement that scientists are going dualists now that in, in no way is what we are telling anybody. We're not in the dualist paradigm. That is not something that we agree or promote. Okay. Now, they became dualists. Um, they concluded that there was something about human beings that, um, that goes beyond matter. Now, remember, I say the mind and the matter. Mind doesn't matter, right? Okay, that was a big thing. Um, the mind. And it, based on the observations that they made during these experiments or tests, they came up... Well, no, you know what? Let me first um, tell you about... Let's define dualism because... I hate to start off a talk um, telling you something, uh, using a word, and it was going to be going, it's going to be used all the way through the paper, the talk, um, it's just going to be used. So i rather define it so um, there's no, you know, everybody's on the same page, there's no perception of it, I, you know what we're talking about when we say it and how it's defined. Again, not our my position. My position isn't of dualism. So with that in mind, um, what is dualism? Dualism says that there are two substances, okay? Mind, okay, your mind, and what they call matter. And what matters 
is that we're of mind. That's our position. My position says, I'm the one that matters. My mind matters. Matter itself doesn't matter. And no serious philosopher would take this position of dualism. Seriously. Because it's a... I always love to use this word, fallacious. I hope I say it right. I just, I'm, I'm sometimes bad with that. But it's fallacious in, in, in possible properties that it has. It's impossible for them to be able to interact. Okay. What the, what's known is the interaction problem or the Cartesian substance of dualism. I know those are big words, but if you have to explain it, if you have two substances that are completely different and you don't show any common properties between the two, it's impossible for them to be able to interact. Does that make sense? Think of it like they don't have the same language. Not even the same language. That's a bad, probably a bad one to do use. But if a magnet, two magnets, one side uh, repels, the other one attracts. You know what I mean? It's impossible for them to interact if they're pushing each other away, because they have the opposite. They don't have anything in common. Well, they do have something. We're going to leave it at that for now. However, this is um, the neurosurgeon and not a philosopher. So they're probably not aware of the fact that dualism is a fallacious position. And since they're probably not very familiar with or well-versed in philosophy as a scientist or neurosurgeon what basically the neurosurgeon is saying is that there is something more than matter and that that's exactly what it says in the particular article that I'm taking this from in what he said now that what they concluded what him and his team concluded, that there is something about human beings that goes beyond matter. It goes beyond the physic, physical, the physicality. It's very important because this is what this entire talk is based on. So understand that. It's based on observations that this team of neurosurgeons um, made during their work, okay? Um, so it's very important to note that as I talk about different surgeries um, that are happening, it's not something I did. I'm not telling you that I do surgery. Um, but it's about different surgeries that had taken place or are taking place. And this is what their experiments and uh, what their notes on it. And it's, it's something that I extracted in and now it's telling you. Now, we're going to start with some pretty 
hefty statements like, do you think the brain questions before statements give you a false sense of choice? Right? <laughs> uh, do you think that the brain experiences pain? Think about that. Think about it. Think about it. Is your brain hurt? Okay. That the brain doesn't experience pain is what is what they're going to say. So a neurosurgery patient, okay, somebody that he's got in there and cuts their head open, basically cuts their skull open, and um, he says that uh, neurosurgery a neurosurgery patient can comfortably remain conscious with only a local anesthetic ketamine, ketamine um, and the surgeon can communicate with the patient to be sure that the treatment isn't damaging speech or movement okay so he's sitting there and has his patient in the chair peel back its skull you know uh, starts to is going to start poking at that thing. It doesn't feel pain, so. But it will, well, I'll get to what it will do. So as we, as I go along and tell you about some of these surgeries, like I said, um, while the surgery is is working, while it, this is hard to you can even talk about. While the surgeon, okay, is working on the patient's brain, like I said, he was poking proud, uh, they will be able to be awake, okay, like I said, it's ketamine. They'll be able to be awake, and the neurosurgeon can communicate with them. They can talk to them, because while they have their brain peeled, or their skull peeled back, they still can function normally. They're just under anesthetic ketamine. Um, but they don't feel the pain because the brain doesn't feel pain. So this Michael, this neurosurgeon, started his career as a materialist. Now, why is this important? Well, he believed that everything was matter. He believed everything that everything mattered. Well, as we know, there's many things that don't matter, you know. Matter doesn't matter. You know where I'm going with this, right? All our lives. Okay, so this is why I get in trouble. I haven't gotten in trouble, but hey, this is what happens when um, I got nominated for the most controversial new podcast. Um, yes, because I said black lives don't matter. Okay, no, it wasn't black lives that don't matter what made that happen. It had nothing to do with any of that. It was all midgets and dead hooker stories, damn it. That is controversial. Midgets and dead hooker stories. Oh, and some 
suck a dicks, I think. But listen to that episode that they're doing. It's called World Beer. Okay. However, um, let me recap there on my little jaunt, though. But this this neurosurgeon, Michael, um, he started off as a materialist, believing everything was matter. It was made up of matter. And nothing besides that. Everything was matter, end of story. This is how most neurosurgeons believe or start. This is how most people interested in physical science itself or any kind involved with what we would be talking about. Um, most people today are materialists. That is sort of, sir, this is what we call the current paradigm. People think that things matter or are made of matter, okay? Or everything is matter. Everything is not matter. There's nothing matter. But they, like, and when I say they encapsulate it all, they truly, truly believe that it is that we live in a world that is made of matter and and nothing else. So now he himself, this Michael neurosurgeon, thought the that the mind came from the brain, and he was just going to study it. That's all. He was just going to study the brain, which had the mind in it, basically. That everything was matter, and that's it. Like that was the same thing, and this kind of thing, this way of thinking, is where it all breaks down. This is where the materialists are incorrect. Okay, when not everything is matter, and I'm about to prove it. Okay, and we've I've been saying this for a long time that we are of mind, not of matter. Okay, we can be built of matter, but that matter gets left behind when we shed the meat suit or the body. And what's left is the soul energy or um, I hate to say soul, but energy, which is what we discussed about. Everything is energy, light, and light waves, all kinds of waves. Well, zine and cosine waves. So, He thought the whole mind was in the brain, or it was the brain. So this is such a big issue that um, when I came across, I call it a Syrianism, of course, um, when I talk about it, because um, it's better than to say I or we or they, them, or whatever, like, It'd be more specific to me because it is my thoughts and my perceptions, my views and my truths. Now, most people think that the mind and the brain are synonymous. Okay. It's just the way of the thought process. That the brain is the mind and the mind is the brain. Don't mind my brain. I and this actually, more of a recent idea, believe it or not, um, with the advent of materialism, 
And this is not always the case. This idea is not, it's not always like that. But you will see this in the position that this particular Michael neurosurgeon started with. He taught that the mind was the brain and the brain was the mind. That's what he taught. You're talking about one of the leading neurosurgeons is teaching not only other neurosurgeons, but everybody else. Of course, that is going to be what's like, that's what's going to be believed. So by becoming a neurosurgeon, he said, I'm going to study the brain, therefore I'll study the mind. Man, these are the smartest, stupid people I've ever come across. He's a neurosurgeon, and he doesn't know the difference that the brain and the mind are not the same. Now, at the end of his career, 30 years, probably after, like, after his experiments and all that, he became a passionate dualist, meaning that he thinks there is more to reality, more to the brain, more to the mind than just the physical aspect of it, physical brain. He said there were parts of the mind that are not from the brain. There was a part of the mind that is not from the brain. Now, see, now he got, he got much more educated. okay? That's the changing of the way you think. That's what we're talking about, okay? He went from materialist to dualist. Now he was getting a clue. Now he was thinking about something that mattered. <laughs> he had several lines of reasoning that convinced him of this. And you know how the scientists are. They, you know, they have to have many different the uh, reasoning um, ways of thinking so which is good I like that um, and that's what we're looking at why yeah why thought has changed that thought ended up changing his mind okay so his his materialist one way of thinking changed into dualists and why that happened why did what happened during these experiments that changed his mind and I'll tell you because that's what matters a little bit real quick I want to give you uh, for those that, that haven't been to class in a while anybody on the podcast that is that is new to listening um, hasn't heard some of the earlier ones that most of these podcasts are based on the past ones. So our position here, okay, my position as an as as an Osirian and Osirianism is what is known as idealism. This is what it is that we are getting across. It's not dualism. It's not panpsychoism psychism okay it's idealism and yes i will define it 
because I want you to know exactly what it is. In Osirian philosophy, yes, I have my own philosophy. I mean, I have a cult, for God's sakes. Don't I have to have a philosophy? All right, Osirian philosophy, everything is mine. Not mine, mine. We are of mine. Everything is mine. Got it? It's pretty simple. Idealism. Which means, again, my philosophy, everything is mine, and mine generates the illusion of matter. Just like a dream. Now, I will be going into dreams in one of our podcasts, heavy into them, because you guys have no idea what dreams are. I can't believe some of the stuff that I hear about dreams and what people don't know. These books of dream interpretation are just horrid. And people don't realize how important dreams are. They don't important how strong they are subconscious really does what it's doing in that and that every single thing in your dream is for a direct reason to help you so but much more on that later we're looking um why he changed his mind don't forget um when you go to sleep and you dream as long as you're not doing those gateway drugs kids because that doesn't that really hinders your dreaming ability Or if you don't sleep, then you don't dream. So that's why we pass out. Because if you don't dream, you're going to die. Believe it or not, you will die. It might take a little while. You will die. So that's why it's cool, kids. We don't sleep. We pass out. We don't like get ready for bed and lay our little heads down say our prayers and drink a cup of water no we're up on our computers studying doing doing research and drinking coke and doing the hard stuff and um taping these audio tapes to bring to you meanwhile running a non-for-profit and doing a million and a half other things and then we pass out because the body needs sleep. And then we wake up and we, what time is it? What day is it? And that's what we do every night. We pass out. So, but that still means we dream. So, um, so when you go to sleep and dream, your dream world seems very real to you, right? It should. I mean, it. anybody that has something different, let me know. I've never heard some, anything different. Everybody usually says it's very vivid. Or they don't remember, so they can't say anything, or they might want to just say, it's not that way, but they don't remember. They always want to argue. If you don't remember your how, like, what your dream is, you can't tell me how vivid it was. Because you can't remember it. So don't give me that crap. So 
when you dream, everything seems more real than real. Uh, very, 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 very real. I mean, your body goes through the emotions of whatever's happening there. Your mind thinks it's real. Therefore, your body is getting the blowback from it. So everything in the mind, the mind generates the illusion of matter, just like the dream. The dream when you sleep, everything seems real or very physical, okay? However, it's ultimately a projection of mind. Do you understand? Now, think of it like a projector, sort of, but a projection of mind. And we'll go in, I'll go into this here. If we want to use religious terminology, and you're saying, why the hell is Mike using? Why is Osiris using religious terminology right now? Well, here comes a preamble. Remember, I do not subscribe to faith or mysticism or anything like that. Our system is based on what class? Logic and reason and mathematics. Very good. So, can we say that one more time? Logic and reason and ontological mathematics. Very good. I'm so proud. Um, so, a mind, your mind, my mind, all our minds matter. So, a mind, an eternal mind, forever, doesn't exist forever. It, um, the monad... We all remember monad being the bond, right? The monad is what a, what we call the is a very well defined mathematical object. Are you calling me a mathematical object? I call your mind mathematical object. Your body doesn't matter. It's just made of stuff. But like I said. We're not talking religious, but we are using religious terminology. Why? Because most people understand it. It is a mathematical object. It is a set of Fourier base waves, base wave frequencies, and sinusoidal patterns or wave patterns. Like I said, everything's pa everything's wave patterns. Everything's waves. Right? Remember we went through that and how everything's light waves, sound waves, everything's these waves, your body is a container for these waves and so on and so forth. Um, hopefully you guys remember that. I hate to repeat it so many times, but if new people, they'll understand. Now, that's a lot to say just in a little bit of time. Projection of mind? What is this? Wave patterns? Fourier bases? Waves? Frequencies? Sinusoidal patterns? What's going on? Um, so what happens in Osirianism is the mind 
links to the body and a brain. A brain is in the body, right? Because you're, you're a trinity, if you will, the brain, the body, and the soul. Got to have some soul. Okay, but well, we're going to use um, video games, right? I said we'd use that as an experiment. It, it, it works perfectly for this. So, Osirianism says the mind links to the body, okay? And a brain is sort of a control mechanism. Got it? The brain is a control mechanism. So, it's a filtering and control mechanism, right? Because the brain filters out things where we would all be going crazy because uh, we, we're getting all this information in and we filter most of it out so it doesn't even come to the front of our brain or we don't, like, realize it because then it's like being on acid, you know? The filters go down, all the information comes in. You see things as they closer to the as they truly are um, yes i said when you're on acid or any hallucinogen you can have the possibility of viewing things in this world this universe this dimension closer to how they truly are in time and space Because sense data, remember, all the data you get from your senses, most of that is lies. So most of what you perceive to see with your eyes, with your senses, touch, feel, everything, is incorrect or very limited. Limited to the white light spectrum. Limited to this. Limited to what you can reach out limited to a lot of things. So, the human eye being, the iris, you know, throws everything upside down, brings it in to the brain, does all that. So is everything upside down? In the, really? Maybe. Maybe it's right side up in reality. It turns it upside down when it comes into the irises or eyes, which then puts it up into the brain and makes it right side up again. You see, the brain doesn't care what it looks like. The brain doesn't care what it looks like. It's the eyes that do that function. So, it is a controller, control mechanism. As an analogy, like I said, I would use, to understand this, we're going to use um, the video game. So we're going to close your eyes, if you will, pretend you're playing a video game. 
Atari 2600. Okay. For you, you millennials, I don't know what you have. Sony PlayStation, right? Is that what gets you? Xbox, whatever. Imagine that you're playing a video game. Now think, like, get that in your head. Close your eyes. You see much better when you are clo- got your eyes closed than you will ever see with your eyes open. Remember that, always. You will see more clearly and more. Usually with your mind, okay? Yes, you do need your eyes sometimes to put things into your brain. But there's, that's the brain, not the mind. You see with the mind, the mind's eye, when they say the mind's eye, it's not the brain's eye, it's the mind's eye. That whole thing of dimethylene tryptamine, everything you see in there, those vibrant colors that you can only even see with your eyes open ever. Um, This is what we're talking about. That's how real it is. When you dream, it's of mind. Okay, so... Imagine yourself playing a video game. You're holding a controller. Yeah, I like the joystick with the red button, but you guys, whatever, you guys got little Sony ones with a, I don't know, a triangle circle and something. Um, in this controller, well, then you have to watch the TV screen, of course, because uh, that's what you're going to see or project Okay, onto you are watching a TV screen on the TV screen is a game when you're looking at okay you're looking at a TV screen TV screen has the game that you're going to be playing on it on that in that is a game world okay be it Zelda or be it whatever you guys play now. There's a world that you go into. World of Warcraft, whatever. On the TV, on the screen, you have, a, you see a, a world. You're in a world. All alone. You're walking down the street. You look down, see a key. What do you do? Pick it up. That's our video games. That's our, our first video games. Text-based, cave, you know. It was deep. You guys have some cool stuff. though. So, playing a video game on the screen is a world. Okay. I got the whole world. Okay, so you got this, and this monad, okay, is taking form of your video game character. So now you have a projected image of a character on a screen uh, in a world 
And what are we missing now? The controller is what sits in between. The controller, as its name says, is what controls, so you would say, what controls the character. Now, is this true? I'm going to have you think differently. Now, your game character, your avatar, if you will, and the controller that you're holding is what allows you to control the character on the screen in the game. I know that this sounds like I'm talking to a two-year-old about sitting in front of a TV in a video game. But you'll understand in two seconds what, why I'm taking it so slow. So you're on the couch, got some Cheetos or Fritos and whatever your bath salts or, or you know, whatever you're, you're going to be eating, drinking, good to go. Okay, sitting on the couch, you got your game character, um, which is your avatar. You got the controller that you're holding. And this allows you to control the character in the game on the TV. You sit outside the game. Okay, you sit outside of it. It's just, you're not immersed in it. You sit outside of it. And, you, um, and the game controller serves as the link. Okay, the link between you and the entity outside of the game and what does it link it links to your game character in the game see how that that got confusing really quick hopefully it didn't get confusing really quick but i can see how it would that's why i was taking it slow now i'll say it at full speed don't do all speed kids um so you're playing a video game, you're sitting on the couch, you're holding a controller, you're watching the TV screen, on the TV screen's a game, the game world, and there's a character that you control. Your game character, or your avatar, and the controller that you're holding is what allows you to control the character in the game. Okay? You sit outside the game, but the game controller serves as a link between you and the entity outside of the game and your game character in the game, okay? So you sit outside controlling the character inside the game with your controller. The link is in between. The link is the controller in between the character on the screen or the character in the game, and the character, or the real reality character, you, okay? It links you to that. Got me? The link is there. So, what would happen if the link wasn't there? You would get what? You would get 
Sonic the Hedgehog sitting there with his arms folded, fucking tapping his foot, going, what the fuck, man? Well, that's what I always thought he said. He's like, come on, hurry the fuck up. Like, what are you doing? You got me on the screen. I'm sitting here fucking yanking my HUD, you know. I always thought, hey, what a smart ass. I'm like, easy there, killer, you know. But that's how we emotionally involve ourselves so much with that. We think that Sonic the Hedgehog is fucking fucking with us. It's all in our mind. So anyway, um, if we go back to this, this controller, okay, being the link, you are the mind. This is where I separate everything. You are the mind, the eternal mind, a monad with a soul, okay? I got soul, soul, okay. And a brain is a bit like, what is it a bit like? It's a bit like the video game controller that allows you to link to the control and control the character inside of the game. Or another way to say this would be our body in the space Time, universe. Got it? Okay. So those are synonymous. Your body, the character in the game, linked by the controller. So keep in mind as I continue, because I'll be showing you exactly what this neurosurgeon and his surgical exploration showed and how the how all of it links up okay now this neurosurgeon had a few lines of reasoning like i said before and one of those lines of reasoning was that the that in mapping people's brains and again like i said he mapped upwards of thousand people this way with hundreds of individual simulations um, of the surface of the brain to see what happened. You know, you can't just have a controlled like experiment and only do a couple. He did thousands just to make sure that, you know, what the results were. And doing upon, you know, this, you know, poking and prodding at the brain or, uh, you know, putting pressure here, pressure there uh, while they have their skull pulled back, you know. It got different kinds of... All kinds of different shit happened, as you would expect, you know. Hey, what happens if I push here on the brain? Well, that's going to make my arm involuntarily, like, move. Yes, remember, that's how I learned to dance. The tones of Richie Houghton playing hit my body and I involuntarily moved. The tones made me twitch. What up, Carmen? Twitch and stretch. Um, and that led to me involuntarily moving 
which led me to remember the bass. And then I had bass, and I had movement, and I had it moving to the tones, which then is perceived as dancing. That's how I learned to dance, youngins. Okay, so... They got all these different results when they poked different parts of the brain. You know, sometimes they couldn't speak for a minute or two. God, if I could just have like a little like buzzer, a little like remote that could do that, that would be awesome. You just walk down the street and be like, bloop. And I, I mean, I'd probably be muted a lot myself, but I've got the master muter. And so they would get the all kinds of different crazy shit going on. Uh, different parts of the brain touch different results, different twitches. Uh, can't talk. But this neurosurgeon noted that probably hundreds of thousands of different individual simulations that he did, he never ended up once sim simulating the what we what I teach, the power of reason. Okay? He never got that result. He never simulated the power of reason. He never once simulated the intellect. He never once simulated a person doing calculus. I mean, who in their right minds wants to do calculus anyway? I hate mathematics. I'm teaching mathematics. Okay, but it's new math. Uh, a person to do calculus, why didn't it just stimulate that? If they're the same thing, you should get the same. Those results should eventually come, right? to think in an abstract concept like justice or memory, okay? Or justice or Mary, not Mary memory, you know, Mary like from Mary Poppins. No, Mary is in joy. Mary, let's say something different. Let's get a little bit better analogy, Mike. Okay, so the concept, he never stimulated an abstract concept like justice and justice for all Mattel or mercy sisters of mercy those weren't stimulated well why not all of these stimulations were what I call concrete things the movement of your arm involuntarily the feeling of a tingling or even even a concrete memory. I can even give way to that. But there's never an abstract thought stimulated. Nuh-uh. So this is really very important. And what we're seeing here is through different stimulations, 
in the brain, there are always concrete things. Always concrete things. A movement of the arm, concrete thing. A feeling of tingling. But never could it be or facilitate or the faculty becoming of reason or abstract thought. None of this could be stimulated. Okay? Difference between the kind of what it is that it can do and what it can't do. Out of all those thousands and thousands of experiments, these things could never be done. They could never be done by stimulating parts of the brain. And this is the basis of what we're talking here. Okay? This tells you what the difference is. Why they aren't the same. So, what do we want to compare that to? What is that like? What have we talked about? The video game. If you start simulating or stimulating that video game controller, what do you think is going to happen? If you st that means if you start to push the buttons and play with the joystick, if you have one. What do you think would happen? That link will link. But just like the video game, that in the video game controller, if you stimulate the brain, yes, it will make erratic movements. But it will never generate reason or abstract thinking. Someone's arm might move, might give you the finger, but they're not suddenly going to start doing calculus, like I said, that isn't going to do these things. If you start stimulating the controller, the vid video game controller, uh, randomly just mashing buttons, if you're using your Sony and just start clicking buttons like I do, like, because I don't, it's too ambidextrous crap, too many buttons. And just mashing the buttons. In the game characters, what's going to happen is the game character on the screen is going to move around, just like you're involuntarily moving of the arm when you're stimulated in the brain. You see this? See this? How that works? So the game character moves around in a bunch of different sporadic ways because you're mashing down the buttons. But the game character that's on the screen is not going to exhibit rational patterns. Okay? It's only when you give the controller to the one who controls the controller. Whoa. That's deep, Osiris. All as deep it is. The controller given to the controller. Who controls the controller? Then, only then, it can start manipulating that construct the game character 
will do it will act in a certain certain way okay real ways okay if you're smashing like i said i'll repeat it if you're smashing all the buttons your character on the tv is going to act sporadically if the controller is given to the controller and he thinks Okay, thanks. Here's where it all ties up. If you're not there, we're going to give you little tomatoes to step on and you can catch up here. Once you start manipulating that construct that the game character is in, a certain way that does not exhibit reason. Okay. The neurosurgeon said, hey, if the brain is the source of abstract thought, then once in a while, putting an electrical current on some part of the cortex to get an abstract thought should happen. If the brain and the mind are the same thing, then stimulate the brain you should get every response that the mind is capable of at least once in a while. Such as an abstract thought. It should come somewhere down there. But he said he never did. He never got there. Of course he didn't. So he said that the obvious explanation for that is that abstract thought doesn't come from the brain. And we all do one of these. Well, Jesus, how long did it take you to come up with that? Like, we, we had that long time ago. We're, we're trying to explain it now in video game analogies. Okay? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay. So... What is it capable of? It doesn't matter. It's capable of so many things. But now, his science, his experiments are telling him something a little bit different than what his way of thinking was before. Hence, you see the materialist turn to a dualist. So bravo, science catching up to us. And this is perfectly in line, exactly as though Syrianism, because that's what I've been saying. Uh, we are of mind. That's what the entire thing's based on. And it's just, and the brain itself is just the link between the mind and the body. That's it. It's as simple as that. That's what I took about 30 minutes to tell. The brain is just a link between the mind and the body. The brain is just the link between the mind and the body. That's me repeating it because you're supposed to, you know, understand. But that's the whole point.
So, what else do we have? If that is a conclusion he came to after who knows how many years, we have to look at Osirianism and what the cult's based on. And that one of those is reason. That's right. At, now, reason or abstract reasoning and thought that comes from the mouth, okay, the speaking. The brain is just the link in the connection that allows the owner to express itself to the physical world, to the other people. Just like a video game controller is what allows you to express yourself in the video game world via the controller or the avatar. Okay, the avatar is what the result is of that. That's how you express yourself in the video game world in the av for the avatar. So this neurosurgeon says the other line of reasoning that he went down, that he had, which is kind of related to this, is that since really he was a pioneer in the treatment of epilepsy, okay, that's how most of these neurosurgeons are doing, uh, studying different kinds of things like that. I think that somebody should do Tourette's because um, I really need to see that because I don't understand it. Tourette's is under suspect, okay, for me. Because, like, I, I mean, in my limited, like, around Tourette, people with tics and Tourette's, or at least mild cases, it's not what I talk about. But why they only have swear words coming out of their mouth when they have these ticks. Uh-huh. Fuck shit, goddamn. Pussy shit, cock, sir. Well, that, what the fuck is that? I've never heard anybody, any Tourette's say, you got a nice hair farting. There's no compliments coming out, let's say. It's all square words. It's kind of funny, got you thinking. I understand that their swear words come because of their tics, and they know that it's happening, and they're frustrated, so that's why they're saying the swear words. But it got you thinking for a second. Really, do you think I would... Most controversial podcast. That's because I'm ripping. I'm not ripping on the on the Tourette's people. I was just getting you to think different. I I, I love to play those little little games here and there because it proves the point, takes it home, and you guys automatically just jump to conclusions that I am now ripping on Tourette's. Okay. So really, now, what do we do? We have to look at the the surgical man 
manifestation of epilepsy is what we're going to look at because that's what he was looking at. He also studied um, uh, the presentation of seizures, okay, because that comes very hand in hand with epilepsy. Okay, it's what it, it the results. Different seizures that people would have. If you've ever seen somebody have a, have a seizure, you'll know what I'm talking about. And there are a few different kinds of seizures that people have. Okay. So you have people that have different levels of seizure. Okay. I'm sure you've probably seen it once or twice in your lifetime. Somebody gets too much of one of those balloons that has that funny gas in it. And they do something that looks like a fish flopping around on the floor. That's a seizure. Small seizure. Yes, they're fishing out. That's what they call it. But it's basically a small seizure. If you've seen anybody have a seizure because of epilepsy or any other kind of disease that the brain does, like has, um, then you know what we're talking about. Um, they all tense up and, you know, start to look like a decrepit old person and they start foaming at the mouth and, you know, that kind of thing. But there are different levels of seizures. So in his studies of epilepsy, and he also studied the pres presentation of what the seizures that people would have in their everyday life. Okay, so he studied all these. He studied hundreds of thousands of the Imagine him running around like most, who knows how many years this must take. All he's looking for is seizure people. Man, it has to be a weird like point of worldview that he gets. Like, So he would look at different seizures that people would have. And he never ever found any seizures that had um, intellectual content. Sounds kind of ridiculous, doesn't it? There's seizures never involve abstract reasoning. When people have seizures, sometimes they get what they call this is a level of seizure, just like retard. Okay? Everybody got mad at me for saying retard. Well, fuck you, you're retarded for that. Why? Because retardation is an actual medical term. I know I've said it before, but retardation. Mm -hmm. If you're retarded, it means you have a certain level of retardation. Different levels of retardation include, in no specific order, imbecile, so on and so forth. So, You're retarded. Okay, it's not something bad. Unp like all the PC people panel. Like everybody wants to say that's wrong. It's bad. Don't say retarded. You're fucking retarded. Okay, you have something wrong with you if you think like that. Seriously, and I just told you why. It's a medical term, and there's different levels. Depending on what you're going to retort with, will tell me what type of retardation you have as, as you're retarded. 
in this. Okay. So we go off with the him looking at different people with seizures and what happens during these generalized seizures. Um, like I said, sometimes they just fall to the ground, go unconscious. Okay. Sometimes they'll have what's called a football seizure where they have the twitching of a finger, twitching of a limb. They'll have tingling feeling. The same times of things you get when you see, when he stimulated the surface of the brain, right? Remember that? It's the same thing. But nobody ever had a calculus seizure, right? Yeah, no. Okay, thank goodness, right? I'd be pissed if I had one. It would change things as we know it, but um, no calculus seizures, no, no, like, now, I don't just start suddenly doing calculus out of nowhere. Nobody ever had a seizure where they would stop doing arithmetic. They couldn't stop doing arithmetic like it was some kind of, you know what I mean? Like, there's no thought. Couldn't stop doing logic. I'm going to stop logicking. Okay. No. Then he looked at what these, what this was all saying. He said, what about God? What about God? That, that might sound kind of silly to us, but stop and think about why it sounds silly. Why, if arithmetic and logic and abstract thought come from the brain, then every once in a while you ought to get a seizure that makes that happen. So, of course, you have to ask rhetorically why there are no intellectual seizures. And it was presented to him in that question. His answer was because of intellect. Because the intellect doesn't come from the brain. Well, there you go, folks. That's it. Same thing Osirianism has been saying. The intellect would come from the brain. The intellect come from the fantastically, uh, the fanatic mind in the brain. Okay? That fantastic, like, thing inside the brain, not the brain itself. It's the mind. And that serves as the link from the monastic mind to the physical body. Just like if you were playing that video game. You can make your avatar in the video game behave in intellectual ways. Okay? In intellectual movement. You have to be able to fight dragons, go on quests, who knows, you know, make your little trades, whatever you do in your video games now. Uh, get the mushrooms going, what up? What up, mushrooms? You know, ding, 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 go fight the dragon. Okay, the intellect of your game character isn't coming from the stupid controller by itself. It's coming from the controller of the controller. You use the controller to express the intellect 
through the game character. And so if you are stimulated different or different parts of the brain is sort of like just mashing the buttons on the controller, if you start mashing those buttons on the controller, you're not going to get the game character to behave and exhibit any kind of intellect. It only exhibits somebody that looks like they're having a seizure, right? <laughs> so the same thing with the body. Your body only is able to engage in intellectual behavior. You're only able to grab a pen that I gave you that says Cult of Osiris or a pencil and start doing calculus What do you think about that? Because as a magnificent mind that we have, even made a movie called The um, the mind is expressing itself through the brain. In the body, basically. Your ability to do calculus doesn't come from the brain. It is facilitated by the brain. Now, that has to make sense to you all. You understand the analogies, everything is pretty simple, pretty logical, pretty reasonable, not a really lot that you can say that that's not a very, that's something that makes all the sense in the world. That matters. Now, this is really crazy when it gets a little bit crazier because we go a little bit deeper into this and we look at what he did next, which was he would ask people to do things, bad things. No. Um, he would ask people to do things such as move their right arm every once in a while. He'd just be like, hey, move. Can you move your right arm? And then they would do it. Okay, no problem. Then he himself would stimulate the part of the brain that made their arm move, okay? And they would involuntarily, like, move their arm. Okay. But then he would ask them. He says, I want you to tell me, when I'm making your arm move, and when you're making your arm move, and without me doing it, and tell me if you can tell the difference, basically. Can you tell the difference between me making your arm move and you making your, the me touching the brain, making your arm move, and you making the, your arm move by yourself? This is what he's getting at. This is the next step. That's brilliant. That's a, I mean, that's, that's a great way of putting it down. So this is what he had asked of the patients. And believe it or, believe it or not, they could always tell. Of course they could always tell. 
the patients always knew when the neurosurgeon stimulated their arm, when it was him doing it, not them. When they stimulated their, their arm, they were doing it, not him. They always knew it. So this neurosurgeon said he couldn't stimulate the will. This is the next step. Don't forget, it's the will to power. It's all about power. The power of Grayskull. Okay. So the will, now I'm bringing will into this. Why? Well, it's next to making logical sense because the will to do something So here we go. He said the will is not something he could stimulate. The will is not something he could stimulate, meaning it was not material. It wasn't concrete. So he had his three lines of evidence. Beautiful man, after my own heart, three is a pattern, right? Look at that. Three is good. So, basically, I want to point out first and foremost that this is an extremely important thing that you're learning right now. When I say thing, it's a concrete. Is it concrete? If it's of mind, it's not real. It doesn't have matter. So, let me just wrap up this last experiment part the patient could always tell if there were, if they were the ones that were moving their own arms, right? That's what he said. Or if the doctor was stimulating the brain, making it move. He, they always knew the difference, no matter what the doctor did, he couldn't stimulate the will. Now, he could never trick them either. You know, again, he tried, as I would, little tricksters, you know. Um, and if the brain is just, let's say, just the stimulating, if the brain is just the mind, the question is what? Why is that? Why? Give me what class? Logic and reason and sufficient reason that's right one of the pillars give me sufficient reason why something is so and not thus okay so this is why again think not about our my system of Assyrianism as the as that makes perfect sense. Of course, I always make perfect sense, right? I eventually get to making perfect sense. How's that? <laughs> um, if you know that you were the one that was pushing the A button on your controller, and you know if 
the so if someone else, the doctor, is the other one that's pushing the button, you know that you're not doing it, right? This is, we're getting back to the video game, of course. So if you're pushing that button, making the character on the TV fire, if the character started firing and you weren't pushing the button, you would know. Obviously. Obviously you are. I'm not. I did not will it to happen. I didn't. I didn't push it. But you did. It's the struggle that has to go on. Like, So you see that the brain is that, that link. It's the controller. It is the controller, the mechanism. It's the con mechani mechanized controller. Is the interface. The interface. The brain is the interface between the mind and so-called matter. Or what you guys think matter. And to be clear, Osirianism is, as a matter of fact, I guess, has just transformed mine transformed your mind into understanding that matter doesn't matter and mind is not matter. Do you understand? The mind is not matter and the brain is simply an interface between. The brain is simply an interface between the material world and you. That's it. As an immaterial mind, because if it's not material, it's immaterial. So, as an immaterial mind, just as the video game controller is the interface between you and the video game world. And so... You cannot stimulate or, yeah, stimulate the intellect, and you cannot stimulate the will. And that would make perfect sense when you truly understand that. That's because the mind is not the brain. And that class is the last of what we're going to go into about that first. Because these are, there are two different things, though. However, to make any sense um, when you're coming up from a materialist point of view, which is most everybody, um, in the beginning, in the beginning, okay? God created materialist if there was a God. Okay, so everybody, like, you're just born and brainwashed and told to believe this. So you're, it's a materialist point of view. From that materialist point of view, if the brain, this is how we can change the minds, you change your own mind, okay? So, if the brain is just, if we're taking it, again, from a materialist point of view, and that point of view is the brain and the mind being the same, if the brain is just the mind, and the mind is just the brain, by stimulating it, of course, you should be able to stimulate the will 
that stimulate the intellect, but that has been proven that it never happens. And it makes no sense at all in the materialist paradigm, but perfect sense in the idealist paradigm of what we're teaching. In ontological mathematical paradigm, it makes absolute mathematical sense. It makes all the sense in the world. And I just proved it. And I saw you all nodding your head. I know you understand. And you see the logic, the reason. You see the three lines of evidence. You see the pattern. Now, his inability to stimulate the intellect to stimulate intellectual thought altogether, the inability of seizures uh, to cause intellectual thought, and his ability to stimulate the will. That's all his inabilities to do with him pushing on the different parts of the brain. So he had no other, nothing else to conclude. The intellect and the will simply do not come from the brain. And believe it or not, we're seeing many, many, many neurosurgeons now coming on to this side of the coin, if you will. Come to the dark side. Okay? They're coming over to a serious way of thinking. They're coming up with that conclusion by themselves now. And this is what We've been saying what I've been saying for a long time. We're of mind. So when you hear that, we define the e- eternal monastic mind, the soul as being a system of reason and will is just unconscious reason. That's pretty poetic, right? I try really hard. I'm going to say that one more time because that doesn't seem, this needs to sink in. We define the eternal monastic mind. Okay, that monastic meaning the monad or monastic. That's a nice word, right? Monastic mind. The soul. Soul, brother. Uh, The soul is being this, here it is, being a system of reason and will and is just unconscious reasoning. Big words to say a lot, to say a little bit. But the will, the will itself, the will to power, the will is unconscious reasoning. And something like calculus and abstract thought, that's conscious, conscious reasoning. But reason, as we have defined a mind to be the system of reason a system of mathematical thought, mathematical pattern is what links to the brain and is unable to express itself in the physical world and so it makes perfect sense. And this is what I've been trying to say over and over and over again. This is what we're concluding, that you should be concluding, not as we know. I know this is the way it should how they didn't get to here, now we know, now they're getting there, now they're playing catch-up, and they're catching up. Yay for Heinz, okay? I am not smarter than a fifth grader. 
but we beat neuroscientists to understand the mind. And lastly, I want to leave you with, uh, by stimulating the brain, we can do all sorts of things. With the mind, we can make the arm move. We can make people see a flash of light. But we can't get them to use intellectual reasoning. We can't get abstract thought to occur. We can't get the will to occur. Right? But we think that's very strange now. Why is that? that? And that's because the will, intellectual thought, is not part of the brain, just like intellectual reasoning and will is not part of the, the, the great game controller that you're using. Okay, so you have your game controller. What do you have to do with a game controller? You have to apply intellectual thoughts and will to the game controller to make the game character move in a coherent way. That's what you're doing when you pick up a controller. What are you doing to it? You're applying thoughts, I'm thinking about something, then the will to do it, I make it, it is the will, the will be done. <laughs> um, so you're applying thought, and the will to do it, you have a will, there's something you want to do, you want to make the character do what you want. It's the will to power. The will, I will it and then it should be done. So you're willing it to move. Okay, so you have to have the thought to think it. Right? Thought to think it, the will to do it. It's almost poetry. You have the will. There's something you want to happen okay you want this character to do what you want so you impose your will on it <laughs> to make that kid's character uh, facilitated by your reasoning ability what you want it to do why you want it to do it that way and using the controller as an interface which is the link between your reason and your will and the game character on the screen in the game world. That is the same thing in ontological mathematics. You are not your body. You are not your brain. You are an eternal monastic mind. A system of thought in the brain is the interface that allows you as a frequency function to interact with space-time function of your body, just like the game world, but of course, on a much, much higher level. One more time. That is an ending statement. That is the big shebang there. 
That's the Sharona. It's the same thing in ontological mathematics because you are not your body. You are not your brain. What you are, are is an eternal monastic mind, which is a system of thought in the brain. And it is the interface that allows you as a frequency function to interact with space-time function of your body, just like the game world. But of course, on a much, much higher level. So what I really want to get across, again, by showing you all these different analogies, is that these are things that we have been saying for years things that I thought differently. That's what happens when you think differently. You can change science, change the paradigm. This is what we want. Look at the world that you live in. Tell me this is something you want to continue. This is a horrible place that we're in right now and we need to change it we need to have the intellect to come up with how we're going to change it the will to do it and the body to physically go about doing it if you want to make it like that but it all starts in the brain which has the mind in it and it's all about that. If you don't mind me saying, the brain sits in the body, is controlled by the controller, which is the link between the two you get any kind of reaction or movement by thought in the mind, then you have the will for it to do something. And then the movement to do it. So it all wraps up into everything that we're talking about. Logic and reason and mathematics is everything here. Remember, materialist matter is not matter. Doesn't matter. We are not of matter. It does not mean we do not matter. We're not matter. We are of mind. Over and over, this is what everything about the cult is about. We are of mind. Have a monad, which is the body, to transverse or travel or to traverse this hollows, which is this landscape. 
this world, if you will, this phys- like the physical, what you think is the physical part of you. But don't forget, it's only a dream. Only a dream. I had a dream. I didn't have a dream. I am dream. That's a whole different way to look at it now. That's it. That's what I'm going to leave on. Um, Any more than that would... I've had a delightful sufficiency and any more would be superfluous. So go dream a little dream. This is Osiris and I'll see you next week.